you're as concerned or more concerned about the end user experience than you are just hooking up that next subscriber and getting that monthly subscription rate in and you know training them to put up with mediocre service which is what all the rest of the providers of the country do. Hello and welcome again to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. This is Lisa Gonzalez. This week, Vince Jordan from Longmont, Colorado returns to talk with Chris. The last time Vince was with us, he was the Broadband Services Manager for Longmont Power and Communications. Vince recently decided to spread his wings and is now concentrating on his firm, Ridgeview Solutions. He still has his fingers on the pulse of Longmont's network, however, and in this episode, he brings us up to speed on LPC's fiber network. When we last spoke with Vince, Longmont had just started offering gigabit services and were in the throes of a referendum. Longmont voters overwhelmingly passed a measure to bond in order to speed up the municipal network expansion, and the project is moving forward. Vince offers some of the discoveries he and LPC have made along the way, how they manage to keep services reasonably priced, and he offers great advice on the importance of customer service. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell. Today I'm speaking with Vince Jordan. We're back with Vince from Longmont, Colorado. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. It's always a pleasure to be here and speak with you. So Vince, you're you're from Longmont. You're you're still in that area, but you've actually left the city of Longmont's employ, and you've gone back to your roots as an entrepreneur. You are a, a private citizen and the uh, principal of Ridgeview Solutions. You're the company you were working for, your own company, before you went to work with the city of Longmont. So I guess to some extent, you know, welcome to the newfound freedom of of unemployment or being empo- self-employed. I, yeah. I know how that goes. <laughs> Right, consultants, right? It's a it's a euphemism for being unemployed. Yes, and and I you know I just just say as a as a someone who also supports my work with photography, I I have a sense of what that's like. We have uh, you know some similar experiences from time to time. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, thanks, Chris. It's uh, it was really very exciting to you know um, be with the city at the beginning of the uh, effort, and even you know before that, right? I was involved with them. Uh, as a private citizen at the beginning, you know, still involved as a private citizen afterwards and in terms of, uh, you know, big supporter for this. And um, but back to uh, the uh, entrepreneur gig, which just, you know, you can take the boy out of the uh, being an entrepreneur, which can take the entrepreneur out of the boy, apparently. So. No, and I appreciate that. And I think it's important to note that even though people like you and I don't have the skill set that it takes, I think, to really spend a lot of time doing the necessary work of of government or even to some extent, I'd say bureaucracy because large companies are the same way. I think we appreciate that there's some people who do that well. It's just not for you and I. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it takes all kinds and everybody to make the world work, you know, and uh we all have different temperaments and different skill sets, for sure. So let's let's just jump right in. You're you're not so long gone from the the city of Longmont, and we really like to get an update on what's happening with the gigabit network that's being rolled out. We last time we talked with you, there was a referendum, and there was uh, the opportunity to build the network all at once, and it's all moving forward now. Yes, it is. the uh, The referendum passed uh, handily, so that was for a uh, forty million dollar bond issue. Um, last November, and uh, we almost hit 70%. I think we were somewhere around 68-plus uh, percent of the vote uh, in support of it. If you had tracked Longmont's, I know you did, 
you know, Longmont's <laughs> multiple votes regarding this issue in 2009 and in 2011, and then last year, um, you know, the the uh, support rate just kept going higher and higher and higher, and, and that was the biggest showing that we'd had to date. A design firm was hired, and that process uh, you know started and is continuing even now. Yep, next month they open the bidding to firms that have already been qualified to do the build and they are going to begin the actual build out in um, August, September timeframe and start putting customers on, new customers, additional customers by the end of this year. The city in the early design phase has been carved up into uh, six zones, each zone roughly being 5,000 drops, residents and businesses. And uh, so zone one will start this year and then move up to two, three and go around the city. And, you know, they're still saying it's a three-year build out, but they're looking at ways of accelerating that because they know the folks in zone six don't want to wait three years to get their service. Let's talk a little bit about the folks that have already been connected in those sort of pilot areas, the early areas to be connected. Um, About how many residents already have access from the early work you did? There was the one pilot that we did where we built some aerial uh, connections. We wanted to put in place some aerial infrastructure and connections. A very targeted pilot. It was almost a, a similar thing to a Google Fiber Hood where we had spoken with those folks ahead of time. The uh, take rate there ended up being 60%. And then there was an existing neighborhood where the developer had already laid in uh, to half of the homes, fiber to the home, and then had passed the uh, rest of the homes. Not sure what the take rate's been there so far, but I know that the inquiries there, I mean, it's high, and the inquiries there are daily. So the neighbors are talking to the neighbors, you know, once they invite somebody over to the house and go, here, let me show you what 700 meg up and down looks like, because that's about what they're squeezing out of the gig connection just based on their own infrastructure. And, um, you know, they want to get hooked up. So I, I expect you know, over time, the take rate there to be probably representative of the pilot neighborhood in the 60%, if not better, uh, range. That's an enviable place to be. I w- I'd sure wish to be in a, a neighborhood like that. Yes, the, the, the developer for that neighborhood, he did that over a decade ago. Talk about, you know, seeing the future uh, when he was putting that neighborhood in. I mean, he knew about the city's uh, network. In fact, this was prior to Senate Bill 152 being passed. And in the early days, he was going to partner with the city to bring, you know, broadband services via the fiber to the home. And then before he got the neighborhood built, SB 152 got passed and uh, that kind of put the kibosh on that. But, yeah, there's there's fiber going past half of the homes and fiber to half of the homes. And uh, it's a very exciting place for them to be. And they are in zone one as well. So they're being turned on here in the next couple of months. So very exciting for all those folks. I know that you had to give some some unexpected news to some businesses that you turned on when you found that there was a a slight error in how you calculated their prices. And you never want to have to change price shortly after delivering a service to to customers. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened there? That was pretty interesting. You know, a little embarrassing, frankly. It was a little embarrassing. Um, You know, we we did what we could, you know, to set up the pricing and do the math properly and all that. And and we started turning businesses on, and, and as soon as we started reaching out to them, you know, it, it was just one after the other, the after another one of the service. And after hooking up the first, oh, I don't know, it was like 10, 15, we looked at the pricing and realized we'd made a mistake. 
And so I had to go back to the customers um, that we were providing the uh, 100 megabit of service, 100 megabit symmetrical service to, and tell them that um, we needed to drop their um, bill by $50 a month from its already ridiculously low price. <laughs> I'll bet I'll bet you had uh, some big smiling faces and offers uh, to buy you a beer. It was actually kind of funny. They they you know looked at me kind of quizzically and they're like, "No, really?" They said, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been overcharging you for the last three months." And they're like, "Yeah, but you're charging me a fifth of what I was paying before for ten times the speed." I'm like, "Yeah, I know, but I need to drop your bill." <laughs> <laughs> it's a good problem to have. It was great. You know, it's it's some funny looks though. You know, like okay, wow. So municipal broadband. This is really cool. So what is that overall price for a hundred megabit symmetrical? 100 megabit symmetrical is $229.95 a month for a business. That's what it is today. But tomorrow you might be knocking on some doors or the power company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as you know, as this thing gets rolled out, as it gets scaled up, as we're able to, um, you know, do better on our backhaul prices, which we're actually set up to do fantastic on. Um, yeah, these prices could even go down. That's a, that's a really impressive connection for uh, that kind of speed for a business level service. Well, I mean, considering the folks that I had put on this were coming off of bonded T1s. Um, so, you know, the equivalent of basically three meg symmetrical for 1500 a month. And they go to 100 meg symmetrical for 229.95. Yeah, everybody seems to be very happy. So let's let's dig into a little bit of the economics of that. You know, there's there's some people who respond to the the either the pricing that you have for businesses or the fact that you're going to be rolling out uh, the long month's going to be rolling out uh, fifty bucks a month for hundred for a gigabit to the home for people who sign mm -hmm. on early, and and there's some suspicion that that maybe you're just like really oversubscribing people at a ridiculous amount and no one's ever going to get it. You know, walk us through how the how you're able to deliver a gigabit at such an affordable rate. Number one, the municipality itself, LPC itself, is the service provider. So you're cutting out middlemen and, and all that sort of thing. It's, you know, it's a direct service provider to the customer. Number two, it's really, you know, when you look at the utilization, and we monitored it real close in the early pilots and, and uh, the early customers that we put on. And, you know, I, I liken it to the fact that not everybody hits the enter key at the same time. And people are getting the service they're signing up for. I mean, we've gone into, you know, I made a house call to almost every original resident we put on, help them with their internal infrastructure. Because what, what had happened was, you know, we're bringing a fire hose to the side of their house, and it turns out that they have a straw going into the house and throughout the house. And so we've worked with them to, you know, at least put a good-sized hose in the house so they could take advantage of this. Um, and so they really are getting the service, but in the actual utilization day to day, this is the interesting thing that we're seeing. And I think this is probably a key point for anybody looking at providing this service. What people do all day long and, and what they're attempting to do all day long doesn't really change when you bring them a gigabit pipe. It works better. And, and, you know, all of a sudden everything's instant. And maybe last week, you know, you couldn't stream a movie to the iPad and the television at the same time, or now you can, but they don't really go 
insane and like you know set up a data center down in their basement right yeah right? i think of it like i'm gonna listen to the same podcast next week that i listened to this week and i'm gonna i'm gonna read xkcd i'm not gonna suddenly load xkcd a hundred thousand times exactly and you're not gonna be streaming you know cnn and fox news and all these videos coming you don't really change the way you use the internet but it just gets better it's faster it's immediate you, you might do a few more things that you haven't done before because they're so painful to do. Download some more movies, upload some more videos, you know, that sort of thing. But it, it doesn't, people don't get crazy. It, it works for everybody. And then on top of that, one of the things that we set out to do very early on was get connectivity to wholesale bandwidth carriers that are kind of scattered throughout the country. And, and there's a couple in Denver where we're able to buy bandwidth now um, amazingly for uh, about a tenth of what we were purchasing it before. Yeah, that'll make a difference. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And, and being, you know, and again, being a not-for-profit municipal broadband service provider, I mean, we're there for the community to serve the community. A for-profit corporation would look at that that opportunity to get bandwidth at, at 10% of what they were paying before and go, woohoo, more profits. Right. You know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes, particularly one that was not located in in even Colorado, let alone in Longmont. I mean, I think yeah, exactly. certainly local businesses would pass that along. I'm sure, or or some level of it, right? right. Um, but when it's a municipality, I mean, that's you know that's what the municipality is here to do. You have a background as an operator, something that um, not every uh, community has in terms of the person that's heading up a fiber project like this. So let's just talk for a second for people who, who aren't really familiar with how you purchase bandwidth. You basically um, are buying it from someone and you're paying on the basis of like the 95th percentile. And the mm -hmm. best way I've heard this described is basically like you, you take every five minutes for the whole month, you average, you, you add up the total amount of bytes transferred, and then you basically throw out the top 5%, and then you have to pay for the, the 95th percentile, and, and that's your bill. And so that's where I think to some extent it doesn't matter when people, if you're using the internet really going crazy at 4 a.m. in the morning, it literally doesn't cost Longmont a dime. That's correct. I mean, it's it's not exponential like you would think it would be. Right. So that's yeah. where when you're talking about this this issue of, you know, people not changing their habits, it's I mean, some people have explained it. And I'm, I'm curious your take on this is that basically it can even lower your prices to some extent because um, people are not congesting the line, which would then result in more retransmits and things like that based on the protocol. I mean, I don't know if that's a real phenomenon or not. That generally wouldn't cause a great deal of line con congestion, but it definitely, you know, affects the efficiency of the overall network. That's for sure. Um, and the experience of everybody on the network. You know, there's so much technology that comes into this, right? I mean, y you've got your, you know, the fiber to the home. You've got your OTs. You've got your switches and everything else involved with this. Everything affects everything. With the backhaul, it is a interesting phenomenon. And, you know, it's one of the things that, being in the business outside of the municipality. I mean, I've been in telecommunications business for a long time. And so when I hear the incumbents whine about this thing or that thing, I kind of smirk and shrug and go, uh-huh, yeah, not really. You can oversubscribe a meg. So whatever you're paying for a meg, generally speaking, the, the rule of thumb is you can oversubscribe that 20, 25 times, you know, depending on the market and who you're selling into and all that. Businesses are very steady users during the day. 
residents are steady in the evenings. That's the other thing to take into consideration when you're doing, you know, a rollout into an entire market. You know, I mean, there are businesses that operate 24 by 7, but in a, in a you know, community like Longmont, there's not very many of those. So that kind of spreads utilization out. What I have found over the years is the best thing to do is monitor your overall utilization day and night. When you get into about 75, 80% of your backhaul being used. So the backhaul is what we buy from somebody like a level three or a Zale or even a CenturyLink. Um, there's places in Colorado where you buy backhaul from CenturyLink because they're the only one there. You monitor that utilization, how much you're using of that. And if you stay ahead of that, if you're a good provider, you know, you won't let that get over 80% before you add more. Right. And then the experience that your end users will have will be very good, regardless of, of where you're getting your back off from. What, what would you say, as someone who has this operational experience, what, what did you see at Longmont that you were able to help them with that they, they might not have known if they were just hiring someone who didn't have that level of sophistication in the back in their history? Oh, you know, I think the biggest thing from being a, a, a previous operator that you bring to the table right away um, that if you haven't been an operator isn't going to show up until later is um, the level of customer service required to do this. Everything else, you know, everything else is technology and then you get human beings involved. It's a very different game. If you think about it from a power company perspective, right? You, You get the power to the house, the power goes on and unless the power goes out, or there's some issue with the bill, you never hear from anybody. Right. When you're a broadband service provider, when you provide service to businesses, it's kind of like the electric. You get it there, it's all working. Unless there's a problem on your end, they're good because they have an IT organization that takes care of everything in the house. On the residential side of the equation, not so much. Yeah, you've got someone like me who calls up and says, I need more television channels now because even though I've right. lived without cable for 10 years, the World Cup's <laughs> on and suddenly I need to see it. Yeah, I need to see it, right? Or, or you know, take it back a step, right? And, and the, the phone call I love to get is, you know, people call in and they go, the Internet's down. And, you know, your immediate response is, you know, if the Internet were down, it would be national news <laughs> and the world would be coming apart. Yes, so yes, that's a fact. Pretty sure what you're trying to tell me is that you're not able to access the internet right now. This is the thing that's a challenge for anybody getting into this business. And, and, and as being a, a previous operator, one of the things I think I brought to, to the conversation you know, early on was that it doesn't matter that your service is working properly. They just upgraded their browser and it reset their security settings. They just upgraded their antivirus and it reset their security settings. And all of a sudden, the sites that could get to yesterday, they can't get to today. And it's your problem because you're the ISP. And and so the question you got to ask yourself is, how are you going to handle that? Are you going to answer, I'm sorry, the connection's good. You're going to have to figure this out. Or are you going to you know step it up in terms of customer service and go, Tell me what's changed in your environment in the last 24 hours, and we'll figure this out. You know what's, what's, what I find funny is that if you go back, now Longmont just celebrated 100 years of public service with the municipal utility, and if you go back to 80 years ago, I'll bet, the city of Longmont, the utility company, was almost certainly teaching people how to use electricity. And so yes. it's more of a return to the roots than something new. It's just that we haven't thought about it in decades. Exactly. No, that, you know, that is a great analogy, and you're, and you're right on. 
And in fact, the other thing that we talked about and, and that we really learned from the pilots, the general metric for having an installer show up at somebody's home, get them up and running and get out of there is like 45 minutes, right? We, we decided, you know, the, the last conversations that were, were had at LPC was, you know, this could be a two-hour installation because you could be spending quite a bit of time with the customer after you've brought that fire hose to their house, looking at their internal infrastructure and looking at their internal setup and guiding them through the process of actually being able to take advantage of that gigabit connection that they just signed up for. That's what happened in, in our pilot projects. Like I said, I, I made a house call to just about every single resident that we hooked up. That's hard to scale, although I know that Chattanooga has been doing that as well. They've, they, you know, they set it up and they also make sure you know how to use the remote control and they may help you switch things over. And they've, they've really gone that extra length because that's what happens when you're locally owned. Exactly. You're as concerned or more concerned about the end user experience than you are just hooking up that next subscriber and getting that monthly subscription rate in and, you know, training them to put up with mediocre service, which is what all the rest of the providers of the country do. Well, thank you so much, Vince. It's always great to talk to you. I had a wonderful time being able to, to spend time with you while I was in uh, Colorado for Mountain Connect. And, uh, and I really look forward to seeing where you go next. I know you're going to be helping some other communities out. So good luck. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure having you out here in Colorado. You know, the invitation's always there. We've been watching and reporting on Longmont since 2009, so you can find a number of articles on that community at muninetworks.org. You can also link to LPC from Longmont City page to learn more about the utility and all it has to offer. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at communitynets. Thank you again to Waylon Thornton for the music. The song is called Bronco Romp, and it's licensed using Creative Commons. 